This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hello, South Africa. We love you very much. Pastor Bev and I send our love and well wishes for you all to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And to all of you that came to church, you are here right now. God bless you. Well done. We're proud of you. And I know you're going to go home saying it was worth it. Being in church where you can worship God in that wonderful atmosphere with all the other believers, that's something I'm sure all of us have missed very much. So, all right. To all of you watching in church right now, And to all of you watching at home, let's begin. Okay. This message is titled, The Weapons of Our Warfare. Please go with me to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't behave like the world. Don't think like the world, but be changed by having your mind renewed. Now, I'm not going to recap on that subject because a few days ago I taught on this very matter, a very powerful message, the power of the renewed mind. I encourage you to go online and listen on demand to that message. Okay. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, part of the process of renewing of the mind is to understand the weapons of our warfare. Once you've heard that message, you'll understand why I said that. Part of the process of renewing the mind is to know the weapons of our warfare. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Yes, we have got weapons. Not natural, according to that verse, but supernatural. We have the very weapons of God to use in our daily life. Now, one of these weapons is the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. What a mighty weapon that is. We're living in a world that is ruled by Satan a world dominated by demons and evil spirits. I can show you that in the Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, whose minds the God of this age, that's talking about the devil, has blinded, who do not believe. All right? This is talking about the minds of unbelievers and saying that the God of this age has blinded their minds. That's obviously not talking about Jesus and the Father in heaven because that's not something the Father and Jesus would do is blind the minds of people so they don't believe. No, the one stopping them from believing is the devil whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe lest the light the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God should shine on them. So Satan is stopping the unbeliever from understanding the gospel so that they 
will not accept Christ as their Savior. The point of reading that verse is to understand that Satan is controlling the unsaved and their thinking and their minds, according to the Word of God. Here's another verse, 1 John 5, verse 19. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. All right? We are of God, but the unsaved world is under the sway or influence of the wicked one being the devil. So according to that verse, the entire world is controlled by Satan and demons. That's the unborn-again mind, the unsaved. They don't realize it, but Satan is their God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, is our third scripture, and I can give you others, but three is enough. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. According to this verse, you and I used to live in the world, and we used to be controlled by the prince of the power of the air. The demon spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. So according to that verse then, Satan is controlling the unsaved world. Their minds, their thinking, every unsaved person is in the control of Satan and demons. And according to this verse, you and I also were controlled by demons until we were transferred out of Satan's authority into Christ's kingdom. Colossians 1.13 explains that. All right, now, the atmosphere around us is filled with hostile demonic forces. But fear not, because there are two angels to every demon. But nevertheless, the atmosphere around us is filled with demons. They are continually trying to discourage us. And they are telling us that we are failures 24-7. They're going to tell you and me that we are failures. We'll never amount to anything. God's not going to answer our prayers. Nothing's ever going to work out right. We're never going to make it. That's what the devil tells us 24-7. One thing about the devil that we can admire is he is persistent. He is persistent. Unless you rebuke him, he's going to harass you. Now, our Heavenly Father has given us the name of Jesus to use as a mighty weapon in our combat against these demons. A mighty weapon. The Bible tells us that the weapons of our warfare are mighty. Mighty. St. Corinthians 10.4. The weapons of our warfare are mighty in God. And the name of Jesus is one of those mighty weapons. Praise God. So the Heavenly Father has not left us abandoned. No. He has given us mighty weapons. And one of these is the name of Jesus. Jesus said, we will cast out demons by using his name. He said that. Mark 16 and verse 17. Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they 
will cast out demons. Say that with me. I am a believer, therefore I will cast out demons when I use the name of Jesus. Amen. He also said we can bind demons in the atmosphere. Matthew 18, 18, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, Jesus said, whatever you command on earth with my name, heaven will back you up. Hebrews 1 verse 3. When Christ had by himself purged our sins, when he had paid the price for our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down at the right hand of God. Having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than the angels. So according to this verse, when Jesus sat down, he received a name that's greater than any name of any of the angels, Michael and Gabriel included. All right? Okay. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, talking about Jesus who took on humanity. He's eternal now. He's always been eternal. He left his throne in heaven, slipped inside a body in the womb of Mary. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name which is above every name. Now, family, from that verse, it appears that there has been a name kept in store in eternity past, waiting for someone to achieve and be worthy of earning it. It says, therefore, God has also exa highly exalted him and given him the name, that name, which is above every name. So, so through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and conquering Satan and demons, purchasing our forgiveness, and at the same time raising every person who believes in God from the dead into eternal life. Because of this, he inherited, received by conquest, this great name. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth. 
Family of God, there's coming a day when Satan and Lucifer will bow his knee before Jesus on judgment day and confess, verse 11, and that every knee, that every tongue, rather, should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, Hitler, Mussolini, Idi Amin, uh, <laughs> Satan, every demon, all those that hate God, they'll all at one day confess that Jesus is Lord. It doesn't matter how many people they've murdered and how arrogant they are, how full of pride they are, they're going to bow their knee and they're all going to acknowledge on judgment day at the great white throne judgment after the millennial reign of Christ for a thousand years, they will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord before they are, go, before they are cast into Gehenna, the lake of burning sulfur. Yes, Jesus has a great name. All that Christ is, is in that name. All that Christ has accomplished is in that name. And all that Christ can do is in that name. All his strength and authority is in that name. All authority in heaven and on earth, all authority in heaven and on earth is in that name. Now, can anyone show me, please? Can you please show me any place in the Bible where the Lord Jesus Christ ever used his name? When he was walking the earth or after his death, burial, and resurrection, is there any time, anywhere in the whole Bible that Jesus ever used that great name? In the last 2,000 years, since his resurrection, has Jesus ever used his own name? And the answer is simply no. There is no place in the Bible where he ever used his name. So, if he received this great name, what's the point if he's never using it? And how would he control and manage the universe without it? Good questions, right? Firstly, Christ created all things and Christ manages all of his creation by words that came from his mouth. By words that came from his mouth. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God, who at various times and various ways 
spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in his last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. So God made the worlds through Christ, who being in the brightness of God's glory and the express image of God's person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Now notice that line. Christ upholds everything by the word of his power. In other words, Christ keeps the universe, the entire universe, and all creation functioning by his words and the power of his word. All life comes from Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and life. He is the source of all life on earth. Every li all life there is, and every atom is moving. Every, le every electron is moving. Doesn't stop. All life, whatever it might be, the source of it is Christ right now. And he manages it and maintains it by his words, because that's what this said, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of God's person and upholding all things by the word of his power, upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had him by himself purged us and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus earned that great name for our benefit. That's what it was all about. He earned that great name for you and for me. Here we see in John 16, 23, Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in heaven, in my name he will give you. If you say, Father, I ask you for this in the name of Jesus, he'll give it to you. In other words, it's like Jesus asking God when you use the name of Jesus. So will God give it to Jesus if you ask for it? Of course he will. Of course he will. If Jesus said, Father, I ask you to provide this for Fred or John or Mary, would God do it for you if Jesus asked? Of course he would. So when you ask in that name, it's like Jesus asking God for you to receive what you need. Master Shula said to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. All power, all authority, everything Jesus is and can do is in that name. Until now, I've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. He wants you to be happy. Now, when he was on the earth with the disciples, he didn't use, they didn't pray in that name because he answered their prayers right there. But he said, I'm leaving now. When I'm gone, use my name. John 14, 12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to the Father. Now, all the wonderful miracles Jesus did, he said, we will do as well. How? Verse 13. And whatever you command in my name, 
that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He said, actually, it's not going to be you doing it. I'm going to do it through you. Because you're going to command in my name, and I'll do it. I will do it. That the Father may be glorified. So God, so Jesus, wants his Father to receive honor and praise. And how does he do that? By doing miracles on earth. By carrying out God's plan on the earth. When you speak it. When you command it. When you command Satan to stop. When you command circumstances to change. When you command finances to flow. And healing to flow. When you carry on with the works of Jesus. That's what he said. The works I do, you'll do. When you carry on the works of Jesus by commanding that in his name, he'll do it. Why? Because he wants God to be glorified. So please think about this. Next time you need to pray about something, ask this question. Do I want God to receive honor and glory? Well, obviously you do. Then do it, command it. Jesus wants it so the Father can be glorified. Okay. 14, if you command anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, what's anything? Anything in the Greek means anything, because <laughs> that's what anything means. All right, John 15, 7, if you abide in me, that means if you'll fellowship with me, and my words abide in you, if you'll meditate in the Bible, you will command what you desire, and it shall be done for you. You'll command what you desire. Jesus said in Mark 11, 23, 24, verse 24, whatever things you desire when you pray. And here again, he's talking about desire. God loves you, child of God. He wants you to have your needs met, but he also wants you to have your desires met. Thank you, Jesus. So the name of Jesus represents Jesus whenever we use it. Say that the name of Jesus represents Jesus whenever I speak it. So when I speak the name of Jesus, it's as if Jesus is right there at that moment to do what I say. That's the contract, the covenant we have with our Lord. Jesus will perform the same miracles and cast out demons today just like he did 2,000 years ago when he walked the earth, simply by using his name, simply by using his name. Jesus will do the same miracles, cast out the same demons, or cast out demons, should I say, like he did 2,000 years ago when we use his name. When we use his name, Against sickness, disease, financial lack, circumstances, and demons, it is as if Jesus himself gave the command. Say that. When I command the devil in Jesus' name, it's the same as if Jesus said it. 
Praise God. Ephesians 1.19, I pray that you will begin to, to understand the incredible greatness of His power for us who believe Him. This is the same mighty power. He says, I'm praying, Paul said, that you'll understand how much power you've got. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So here Paul's telling us by the Spirit of God that the power we have is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated Him in heaven. Now He is far above any ruler, authority, or power, or leader, or anything else in this world or in the world to come. Jesus is above all of that, all of that. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. That means there's no authority, no kingdom, no army that has greater authority than Christ. Satan, Lucifer, Michael, Gabriel. There's nobody, no creature, no force greater than the authority of Christ. God has put all things under Christ's authority. And God gave Christ this authority for the benefit of the church. God gave Christ all this authority for our benefit. As I said, Christ has never used that name, child of God. It's our inheritance. Jesus said, Mark 16, verse 17, 18, these signs will follow the believer. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They'll heal the sick. They'll raise the dead. They'll do all this. Jesus said, we have authority to use that name. It's all for us. All that Jesus did, he did for you and for me. Can we even begin to imagine how much Jesus loves us? Can we begin to imagine how much God loves us? And what God has done to help us defend ourselves against the demons and Satan in this world. We don't have to roll over and act like we did. We don't have to lie down there like, or put our head in the sand like an ostrich and, uh, and hope the lion will go away. No, the lion's not going to go away. We don't put our head in the sand like an ostrich. No, we stand up like the lion of the tribe of Judah and command Satan in, in Jesus' name, and he will flee, James 4, 7. James 4, 7, Satan will flee, as in terror. So thank God, yes, Satan and demons are going crazy today, but our Father is with us. Hallelujah. We'll only understand that in, in, the, in all eternity, how, how much He loves us. But I wanted you to see the importance of having our mind renewed. And one of the things we need to realize in the process of renewing the mind is the weapons of our warfare. Otherwise, we'll be defeated. Child of God, don't let that happen. Stand up now and use your weapons. All right.
every head bowed and every eye closed. How many would say, Apostle Theo, I need Jesus. I must receive Christ as my Savior. I don't know where I'm going when I die. Friend, you can know. Today, God can place the assurance in your heart that you will go to heaven one day. If that's what you desire, I'm going to pray a little prayer. And God's going to speak to you right now in your heart, in your seat, and let you know that He accepts you to be His child, forgives you for your sin, and that you will go to heaven. If that's what you desire, and you'd like to receive that, please say this little prayer with me. Dear God in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. He died on that cross in my place, took my punishment so I can be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart to forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are the Lord of my life. And I will live for you, Jesus, with all my heart until I see you on that glorious day. Praise God. Well, if you said that, Christ has received you as his child, and you are born to the family of God. You are bound for heaven. We love you. We are now family. And Pastor Bev and I are praying for you, and we'll continue to pray for you every day. God richly bless you all. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. 